Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to our monthly book club, and welcome our author, the strong and powerful Mark Mappa. Mark, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excited. Thank you, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Mark is a MS. FS, CFP, CHFC, CLU, RFC, CFS, CES, CIS. I think I should challenge myself and try to do those backwards. That is a lot of studying, <laughs> sir. Right. And he is the, he's the founder, president, managing principal at Mapple Wealth Management. He's the author of Cash Flow is King. I'm excited to have you on. Mark, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and what motivated you to write the book. Yeah, so there's a lot of misconceptions and misinformation that people are told from the financial services industry, um, even outside the financial services industry. So my hope is to make people aware of these misconceptions and misinformation so they can make better financial decisions. Um, I also want people to seek out knowledge and not just information, because there's a difference. Information can be wrong, it can be misleading. And of course, the thing cash flow and not just rate of return. The fact is, Everything we do financially revolves around cash flow. For retirees, it's all about cash flow. But even those that are saving and investing for retirement, cash flow planning and strategies are very important too. I'll give you an example. Many investors just think in terms of growth, yet according to Standard & Poor's, 44% of the S&P 500's total return over the last 80 years was a result of reinvested dividends. And those dividends are a form of cash flow. Got it. Yeah, it's a, it's such an important distinction and one that we probably don't talk about enough. Just that idea of cash flow, not rate of return. Why do you think we're so wrapped up on, 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 on rate of return? Well, because everybody wants to get the most for their money, and that stems from Wall Street and the mutual fund companies and, 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 the, and the media pundits on, on, on TV and radio that, you know, oh, what's your rate of return, and we can maximize your rate of return. And, you know, cash flow, whether it's dividends or interest or real estate income or whatever it might come from, is actually a part of that rate of return. And I always tell people, look, if you can get – a, a cash flow stream, let's say a dividend from a stock or mutual fund that yields you say 4% and you got 5% additional growth or appreciation. That's a 9% rate of return. But if you didn't get any growth or appreciation, your rate of return is at least the 4% from the dividend. Whereas if you had a pure growth stock or mutual fund and there was no growth or even negative growth, you've got nothing to show for it. Yeah just a matter of of changing the 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 way that we look at something and like you're talking about it's knowledge not necessarily just information so i think these are not absolutely it's not necessarily uh 
these are easy things for people to get their arms around. It's just we need to change the way that we look at it. So I appreciate that. So when 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 somebody picks up the book, what are you hoping that people are going to get out of it? I really want to educate people, both younger people who are in the accumulation phase and also retirees who are uh, either close to retirement or in retirement. Um, they're going about to enter the distribution phase. I want them to be able to think outside the box and basically look at the facts and look at the proven research that's out there and not just rely on what's often biased uh, opinions out there. Got it. So when 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 you decided to to write the book uh you you've been you've been uh an advisor for 30 plus years um Correct. what uh, that's it's n- number one i'm sure that it's not an easy thing to distill down everything that that you've learned and probably in a possibility um but you already mentioned you're interested in breaking through misconceptions you're interested in educating people um was it I, 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 I want to give people an easy framework to understand. I want to, what, 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 what was it that you were really hoping to accomplish with it? Yeah, basically what I want to do is, uh, is get everybody to think differently outside the box. Um, what I've learned in my 30 years of, of experience and research and knowledge is that you know, what works, what doesn't work. Um, I know, like I said earlier, there's a lot of misinformation, misconceptions, that I felt, you know, that I talked to my clients all the time on. I felt uh, writing the book would be a great way for me to, you know, hand it off and to a client and say, hey, this is something we've been talking about all these years that you've been a client of mine, and they can see it in writing and, you know, just read it off on their own. But also for potential clients, you know, I wanted to be able to, you know, meet with somebody and say, here, read this book. Here's my philosophy. Here's the you know, what I'm going to likely, you know, the, the, not necessarily specific products or, or anything like that, because I really don't go into the details in the book, because I don't know what I would recommend until I sit down with the client and see their risk tolerance, their personal goals, objectives, things like that. But across the board, you know, the philosophy of taking on risk, and again, understanding what's accurate, what's not accurate, so they can see my philosophy, my approach, and they can come back to me and say, Mark, I really like it. We're on the same page. Okay, what do we do next? And again, if for some reason they're not, then neither of us are wasting our time. Got it. Yeah, I'm certainly valuing that. Just figure that up front as, uh, as, as, as much as possible. So, all right. So talking Absolutely. about misconceptions or and perhaps perhaps um, I, I like to ask everybody about what habits are, are you hoping or working to break from writing the book? Yeah, good question. So the main one is how people think. Um, A a phrase I like to say is how you think is everything. It determines your behavior. So I really want people to start to think differently about money management. For example, not rely solely on the stock market to meet their retirement goals and not taking on undue risk. One of the misconceptions I talk about in my book is more risk results in higher returns. That's not always true. And another misconception I talk about is that cheapest is best. What what people should be looking at is seeking value for their money. Yeah, cheapest is not always best. There's, there's, there's no question about that. I heard somebody right. say years ago. They said, you know, the definition of cheap is of lesser quality, and that always stuck with me. Absolutely. Yep. It's quality. It's value that people should seek. But again, in the marketing and, and things that people hear and taught, not just in financial services, but you know, it's oh, if I can get something cost less or cheaper. 
you know, I'm the first to say all things being equal, absolutely. Cheapest is best in that case. And as an advisor, I'm looking out in my client's best interest as a fiduciary, and I'm going to try to find them all things being equal, the low, lower cost option, financial product, investment, whatever it might be. Just uh, a, a bit of a side note that the the term fiduciary has really come into prominence over the past couple of years. Um, but I think it's so important in in the framework of what you just said. It's you're legally obligated as a fiduciary, as an independent financial advisor, to make suggestions that are in your client's best interest. And so, therefore, if you are saying cheap in this circumstance is, in fact, the best bet for or the, the best option, or it's not necessarily. Um, but I, I think because you're a fiduciary, you're, you're able to confidently say that. Do you think that people understand that? What what a fiduciary is? Just what 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 the impact or the real world application of it is. Um, I, I don't necessarily think so. To be honest, in fact, I have a section at the beginning of my book where I talk about being a fiduciary and what it is. Um, that term has been brought up recently, a few years ago, when the Department of Labor was uh, getting involved with financial services and wanting all financial advisors to go down a fiduciary route, which I firmly believe in. I think everyone that's giving advice in anything should do what's in that person, that client or customer's best interest. But I'm the first to say when clients, so more recently clients will ask me, Marco, are you a fiduciary? And, and the, you know, I say, yes, I am. However, I always preference by saying, look, you know, Bernie Madoff was a fiduciary. So, you know, just the word fiduciary doesn't mean much. And a lot of people, advisors, right, could say, oh, I'm a fiduciary, but still not work what's in the client's best interest. So, you know, my personal take on this, you know, I, I, I try to explain the client, you know, I, I want you to, I, I'm going to go over the pros and the cons and whatever I'm recommending, go over all your options, and then you tell me what makes sense, what you feel comfortable with. And I understand you're looking to me for guidance, but I want to do everything I can. I know there's certain financial products and certain investments that are, you know, maybe complicated or you just heard of, but, you know, that's the reality. It doesn't mean you, don't, you shouldn't learn and you shouldn't get a better understanding. And also, you know, everyone for the most part, I put, you know, everyone in parentheses, if you will, you know, invest in the stock market, you know, 401ks and their IRAs, they have stocks and mutual funds. But when you really think about it, you know, from my advisor perspective, I'd say most people, no matter how much they have, have very little to no understanding of what that means. They just do it because from day one, when they were, you know, started working, they were told, put money in a 401k, start investing, which is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against the stock market. I'm an advocate. I just think people put way too much in the stock market, but you should definitely have a portion of it, obviously, based on your age and your risk tolerance. But, I, I, you know, again, there's a lot of, you know, I think it comes to financial knowledge, and I do my best to give as much knowledge to the, the, the people um, that, I, that I work with. Got it. I think that, that leads nicely in, into the next question. We talked about what habits you're trying to get rid of. Are there certain habits that you're really trying to instill in people and, and, and to build? Yes. So uh, mainly, you know, like I've been talking and the premise of my book is to think in terms of cash flow and not just rate of return. The fact is cash flows are financial lifeblood. We need to pay our bills. We need to save and invest towards our goals, such as retirement. And we certainly need it during retirement. Uh, but also, you know, to emphasize, you know, being open-minded, you know, to think of what else is out there, 
different strategies and concepts that might be presented to you, which also goes along with thinking outside the box. Don't think, you know, everything has to go into a 401k where everything has to be, you know, a, a one mutual fund, for example. Um, I think that's really important. And also, in addition, to think like the wealthy. I'm a big advocate of this, um, but I always say it's important to note that you don't actually have to be wealthy to apply the same principles and strategies that the wealthy use. Um, what, what I've been taught is, what I've realized is that what people are taught to do with their money is much different with, than what the wealthy actually do or advise to do with their money. And also, I want people to do what's most appropriate for their own situation, not what their cousin, their brother, their work colleague is doing, what they heard on the radio. It's do what's best in your own situation and really realize there's no one-fits-all size strategy or investment out there. I, maybe it should be easier if if uh, there were, but <laughs> but but there is not. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Just like you know, fiduciary can mean a lot, but it can mean nothing at the same time. It'd be real nice to just have a simple one strategy or one investment does everything. But we got to live in the real world and no such thing. Like diet and exercise too, Mark. It's just not a binary way to do it. When when exactly. when you say think like the wealthy, I'm sure that there's a hundred different things that 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 you could be talking about. Is is there really one or a really important lesson that 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 you can share? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one well, a couple of them I'll share with you real quick is you know Warren Buffett has some key points, and I put that in my book as well. You know, thinking long term. You know, a lot of people I come across, it's like, you know, what did my investments do yesterday and, you know, last month and, oh, I didn't make money in the last, you know, quarter or whatever. Uh, it's got to think long term. Uh, cash flow, again, that's a big premise of the book. It came from how the wealthy save and invest. And, uh, and, uh, and what I love, I'm a big advocate. I don't know if you ever, I'm, I'm assuming you have watched the TV show Shark Tank. Sure. And I love that show. I watch it, you know, the new episodes every Sunday night. And um, I'm a big ad advocate of watching it, not just for the entertainment value, but just for the, the mindsets of these wealthy sharks. And I always tell people, I, I mention this in my book, and I talk, tell people all the time, I go, watch Shark Tank and how these uh, wealthy the investors, the sharks, how they look at money. You know, they're not saying, you know, oh, I want to return um, on my money right away. They want to return of their money. So if they invest $200,000, $300,000, million, their main objective is protecting what they invest. And yes, they want to make that money grow and get a return, but also you never hear them talk about rate of return. And that's what everyone else is talking about, like we chatted earlier about is, you know, what's my rate of return on this investment? What rate of return can I get on the investment? They're looking at it, okay, what type of cash flow strategies, you know, you know, they talk about, you know, setting up royalties and, you know, you know, giving, you know, debt, lending money out. And, and, and it's all about cash flow concepts that they talk about. So it's, I think it's very educational for people to understand it. And that's the mindset of the wealthy. Return of my money first. I think that that is a really, really, really important thing, and from an investing standpoint, yes. there's no, no, no doubt about it. I like it. Well, since since writing the book, has has your perspective or experience changed at all? Uh, good question. Not so much uh, any change in my perspective or experience. Um, um, involved in writing the book it was more about the you know the time and the research that goes into it and the many re revisions that I did, and, and believe me, George, there were many revisions mm -hmm. that I did. 
um, over, you know, on vacation and at night and come in the office. I, you know, it was very time-consuming adventure, but in all honesty, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm definitely glad I wrote the book, and honestly, I'm, I'm very pleased with the outcome. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. And we've been talking, obviously, about importance of cash flow. Um, tell me about just the, the thing that you're most proud of, what, what you think the best part of the book is. It's really been the feedback that I've received from everyone who has read the book, and they said that they really liked the flow of the book and that everything pretty much connects together. Uh, it gets right to the point. Uh, it's easy to understand. They aren't confused with you know a bunch of financial jargon, um, and that they've really learned a lot. Even existing clients that you know I've been talking these concepts and principles and strategies for years, they still say you know I've learned a lot from it, and that was exactly my goal. Um, so I'm very pleased with that, and um, uh, you know basically that's the, the the goal I was looking to accomplish. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, I am fond of saying that I would rather be useful than brilliant, but if you are able to do both, then that is certainly a good thing as well. So, do you have any uh, any favorite financially related books that you think people should be reading? Uh, yeah, well, obviously, Cash Flow is King, so number <laughs> one, that I would suggest that. Um, I would also really like uh, Tom Hegna, uh, Paychecks and Playchecks. Uh, that was a great book. I've given it out to clients, and, and, and it's been a big help for them to understand a lot of the recommendations and strategies. Uh, Ed Slot, uh, uh, CPA, financial expert, he's got some great books. And uh, a good friend of mine, Rhonda Leggy, uh, uh, also has some, some good books out. And then in my book itself, Cash Flow is King, um, at the end, I have a list of uh, highly recommended books and authors in there as well. Nice. Any other advice to readers? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, number one, it, it shouldn't be about what financial plan you think is best, because that can only be determined with 2020 hindsight. I, I always recommend or say focus on it. it should be about which financial plan has the least chance to fail you. Um, and also, I strongly recommend, especially young people who are in the accumulation phase, to look to maximize their after-tax and tax-free options, such as like a Roth IRA. I talk about this a lot in my book. Uh, I see too many retirees even now that mistakenly think they're going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement, only to find out when it's too late that they're paying a lot more in taxes than they had planned on. Not to mention the fact that, look, we're in a historically low federal income tax environment, and the risk and concern is that these tax rates are very like, likely to go up in the future. So it's all about planning in advance and looking for ways to eliminate or at the very least mitigate risk. I appreciate that. And probably, I mean, we have, we have so much stuff to be thinking about and worried about, but that is, uh, that is certainly, uh, I, I think one of the, the biggest risks that we don't know what's, we, we just don't know. It's, it is unknown when, if you're going to retire in 10 years or 20 or 30, kind of a moving target. So I think that that's excellent advice. Absolutely. Well, Mark, Absolutely. thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you, and where can they get a copy of the book? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. So uh, they can get a copy of the book at Amazon.com, where most books are available. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyone that's interested in you know, questions or want to reach out to me, my website is MAPA, 
M like Mary, A, two P's like Peter, A, WM for wealthmanagement.com, so mappawm.com. And my email is mark, M-A-R-K, at mappawm.com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mark your appreciation and share the show as well as Cash Flow is King with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to mappawm.com and obviously go to Amazon, which there's a good chance you're going to be on that website at some point today anyway. So <laughs> thanks again, Mark. Exactly. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.